0: Welcome to the Mastering College to Career podcast where we're here to help you land your dream job. So if at any time during this episode you find any value, please make sure you take a screenshot and share it with a friend. And don't forget, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. That will mean the world. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. This is a, a friend from high school, and we kind of reconnected last year in our 10-year reunion. And, you know, definitely we always kept in contact through social media seeing how much she's, what she's been up to. But I'm very excited to have her being a guest on our podcast. So without further ado, Felicia Douglas.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm prideful. I'm from Orlando, right. Went to Dr. Phillips high school where, you know, met Daniel at first, but yeah, from Orlando, um, grew up in Orlando, magic fan, um, grew up playing a ton of sports. I played five different sports in high school, which was way too much. If I would go back and tell myself I'd probably just choose one. Um, but you know, I, have always loved sports, right. So, Went through high school, thought so I'd go to the WNBA, had a, a bad reality check right after high school, um, but ended up taking the educational route. Went to FAU, Florida Atlantic, over in Boca Raton for undergrad, and um, yeah, I mean, did that for a little bit, obviously following the journalism track, where I, wanted, I thought I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Um just a sports trend, right, and then realized that didn't work for me either, and went back to school to University of South Florida, and um, started uh, another sports track, which is more sports business, and the rest is history, so uh, a little bit about me, you know, I'm I'm laid back, you know, I, I think a lot of people in, in high school would know me as kind of like the one in the sports, like a tomboy a little bit. Um, always been in the sports, always talked about it, always participated in some level. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. What else do you want to know?
0: Well, I I want to know a lot. So don't worry, we're going to get into this. So I want to start (laughs) out, when did you realize that you want to transition from playing sports to working in sports?
1: Um, so I think the reality... I think the reality happened. I, first and foremost, I think a lot of people don't realize that just because you don't make it playing sports doesn't mean that there's like a, biz, a whole business side. So I don't think that I knew at any point in high school that you could actually work in sports if you're not an athlete. And it just it just wasn't something that dawned on me that there's a whole career outside of like being an athlete, a pro athlete. So I didn't realize it until after after undergrad right I think that was like where it's like okay I can't play sports in college which I tried to do and I love sports and there's no other field that I think I want to do other than sports but how can I participate how can I be part of it so like in college it's like all right well journalists like that's what everybody else is doing sports journalism like that seems like a pretty good track but it just didn't fit me. I was, I'm so much more business oriented. And so I figured you take sports, something that I love, and then you do some research on what other things you can get into sports. And I saw that there's, you know, business and strategy and sales. So I followed that track as opposed to like any journalism, right? So it was, it it was a lot of soul searching.
0: So earlier in my podcast, uh, when I started my podcast, mm-hmm. one of the the first couple of people that I interviewed, um, they were uh, one of them was in charge of the Cure Bowl, Alan Gooch, and the second mm-hmm. person was the founder of Orlando City. And um, nice. One of the, one of the things that they share with me is that sports is a very male dominated industry. So not only like you know, yeah. when we think about the athletes, there's you know there's a lot more male leagues and women leagues, but even the supporting cast is well uh, mm-hmm. very male dominated. Have you mm-hmm. seen it harder, easier, or the same to build your career in this industry knowing that you know you're the minority?
1: That is a great question. It
0: you gotta I've I've gotta kinda
1: I don't want to say tread lightly. It is true. Let's just say let's be candid, it's true. Like even now, pretty much I'm the only woman, right? At this point well there is one other woman as of recently, but uh, when I was with my previous teams, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, it's very male dominated, right? And it, they always say it's an old boys club, like it's an old boys club. And is it tough? I think for most women it is. I think it's not easy, but for me, because I a lot of my best friends are, are, are male. A lot of my, my good friends are men. And for, and I think it's innately in me to get along better with men than I do women. So that's helped me a lot. But there is a struggle when it comes to the fact that when you walk into an office, everybody that you look at doesn't look like you, right? And I don't know that they necessarily realize how difficult that can be if you're on the opposite side looking in. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you don't know what you don't know, right? They surround themselves around men. So that's the that's thought, the common thought. And I would say, does it, has it made it difficult? I think it has made it difficult for certain promotions that I thought I deserved. And to see me get passed up for, you know, people that look like them just because it made sense for them, it's, it's difficult um and it's happened a a bit but it's all about how what you do with that i think which which makes a big difference kind of rambled on there but i'm sure we'll probably dive
0: more into it i think that's 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 really good insight and you know another thing that i've noticed is like that the easiest way to you know a lot of people want to play for want to work for their sports teams like especially if you're a big Mm -hmm. fan but I see a question, like I see your, you know, your history is like you've worked in mo- many different teams. And, you know, even now you said you were a big Orlando Magic fan, but now you work for the Pelicans. Is it hard yeah. to work for an organization that, you know, that was, you know, essentially a competitor of your, of of the team that you, you know, you grew up with loving and following?
1: Yes. Yes. So that is, and that's something that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about, but it's important that when you're in sports, you're not a fan. You can't be a fan anymore. Right. So, you know, if I were a magic fan and I were going to work for the magic, I've got to put my fandom aside and now it's business. Right. So any sport that any sport team that you work for, we're not looking for, if you're a fan of the team, that's actually, if you say that you're out, right, we're looking for somebody who, yeah, that's actually one of the number one things that we hear college students say is that, yeah, I'm a big sports fan, and that's a a big red flag, right, like, if you're a big sports fan, are you able to think of sports outside of the box and, and look at it from a completely unbiased point of view and make good decisions, right, like, you know, if we're asking you to work and you're a major fan of you know, a certain player on a team, are you gonna be working, or are you gonna be taking pictures the whole time, or, or fanboying or, or fangirling out, right? Like, so for us, that's a a big red flag. We're not looking for fans. So it's okay that I'm a Magic fan. I love my Magic, but like, if I were ever work for them one day, or even being here, like, I'm not a fan anymore. It's it's different.
0: You know, I would have never thought about that, but it makes perfect sense if I put my business hat on because yeah. It, it, But I think, you know, that's the opposite. I think people are such big fans that they want to build it. When I talk, when I talk to college students and they're pursuing sports management majors, Mm -hmm. I say, what's your dream company? So that's a big question I ask when I'm giving speeches is like, what's your, Mm -hmm. what's your target list of companies? And I see Mm -hmm. companies because they're fans of companies. And I think if you look at their industry, that that it's a good that's a positive right so if i am a big disney fan and i love disney and i believe that disney ah. sees disney mm. that that's great right i'm not going to have retention issues they're they're right. motivated by money they're motivated by being part of this organization that makes people's <laughs> dreams come true right but i never thought about it that it is actually it can be looked at in a negative way when it comes to sports
1: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i mean If I ask you, you know, why do you want to work in sports? And you tell me I'm a big fan, I automatically write you off. You know, it's just, it just won't work. We've tried it before, right? We do it sometimes. We'll hire somebody who's a fan of the team, but typically, you know, it ruins it for you, right? Like if you're a big fan of the Pelicans or the Saints and you come here and you have to work around it all the time, you know, that's, it's tough, you know, it's, it it, it takes the fun out of it.
0: But how can you hire somebody from New Orleans who's not a Saints fan? Like, th- that makes it hard, right? Especially if you have a good.
1: Well, we're, a lot of our, a lot of, in sports in general, a lot of times they're not from the city that they're working for.
0: And then how do you, you know, you're in sales and it's a lot easier to sell something that you're passionate about and you believe in, or if you're a fan, mm-hmm. in, than if it's a product that you don't believe in. So how do, um, you know, like
1: you've got to be passionate about sales not about the the, the team
0: but about being passionate oh, right? you have to love you have to be confident sales. That the product that you're providing is worth worth it as well right
1: yeah yes which and that's the the nice thing about it is our product kind of speaks for itself because you know what you're getting but you got to have a passion for sales itself you can't just come in and say hey i want to work for the team because i love the team you got to come in and say hey i love sales I'm all about making money for myself. I'm all about making my own kind of income, you know, and at the same time, this is a failed job in sports. Why not? Right. That's the mentality that we're looking for.
0: Okay. So if you can, you know, you have a little sister and she is a junior in college and she's, and she mm-hmm. gra- and you know, very similar, like you loves playing sports, mm-hmm. just loves sports industry period. Mm-hmm. And you can give mm-hmm. her some advice so that when she graduates, she has a job lined up. With a top sports you know company
1: so this is actually advice that i just recently received um it was put into words that i didn't realize like i've been doing it the whole time but it was actually put into words by one of our actually our our main our basically our um executive and vp of sports business operations um and he said it perfectly networking is important but don't try to network with the top person in your, or every organization, right? Because that just isn't genuine. Uh, Networking, networking is more like, uh, I'm trying to say it correctly. Networking is more like a ripple effect, right? You should be networking with everybody around you. It doesn't matter who they are, it doesn't matter their title, it doesn't matter where they work, because you just don't know who they know. And that's what I, and that's really what I've done. I think that's the reason why I, I am where I am, is because I never tried to become best friends with the VP of the company or get to know him. I just was nice to everybody around me, right? And I just wanted to get to know everybody around me. If they came across my path, I'd reach out to anyone. And I think that's extremely important if you want to be in sports, is you got to learn to make friends with everybody. Like, I'm working in sales now, but I'm going to try to get to know some people in partnerships, and I'm going to try to get to know people in community relations, and I'm not just going to try to know my boss. So I think that's something that I would tell her, is just make good connections with everyone.
0: Do you think that by, you know, connecting and building relationships, anywhere from the janitor, you know, from every single person, and treating them the same, that, you know, word gets mm-hmm. around that you're just a generally carrying on as one, you know, the person. And so when you yep. meet the VP at an event, yep. connect with him. he's already has a good, you know, taste of, in his mouth about you. And he knows that you're. Genuine. Yep.
1: That's yeah. it. Yep. Yep. I mean, even when when I was with my old organization, I would even get to, I would even have lunch with the people who are you know, with the guys who are maintaining the field. That has nothing to do with what I do, right? Maintaining the grass, right? Like, has nothing to do with me. But those little things that you do, like, people notice that, you know, right? Like, those little things, they they carry. So when I said I was leaving, everybody was sad. They're like, oh, no, like, where are you going, you know? Because you know everybody. And and it's just one of those things, just treat people with kindness. You know, whoever they are, whatever they do, look them in the eye, you know, acknowledge them, you know, and, and let them know that they matter too. And then you don't know what could happen. You don't know who they know, what kind of recommendation they can make, who they talk to, right? You just don't know.
0: And how much of that is something that you can learn or something, or something that you just, you naturally have been Yeah. Doing?
1: If you want to work in sports, you've got to be a good per- like naturally charismatic and like want to get to know people. It's going to be really difficult for you to be quiet and shy.
0: And, you know, sports just has a reputation sometimes of being such a cutthroat business, right? Mm-hmm. How how does those things mix, right? Like you're just, you know, there's, you you need to be nice, you need to, you know, get to know everybody, but yet in sports, you can lose your job from one day to another.
1: Yeah, especially in sales, Right um it's about separating the two right there's there's how you act towards the world and then there's business and if you're professional in both of those aspects you'll be fine in sports yes it's cutthroat but i think it's cutthroat because you'll be out if you're not disciplined.
0: So let's start, let's go through your career. Like what was the first team that you worked with?
1: First team I worked with was the, like officially, officially was the Miami Dolphins.
0: And then you were there for over three years. Mm -hmm,
1: Correct. I was there for almost four, almost almost four four. So I was, yeah, I was with the Dolphins, but like it all started off with my, my undergrad program at University of South Florida. I know you're a UCF guy, but. My uh, my professor, Dr. Bill Sutton, is like the grandfather of marketing and sports, and he also was at UCF. So he he really has written the book when it comes to like best practices in in sports. Called Teambo, it's called Team um, Marketing Business Operations Teambo, and he moved his program from UCF to University of South Florida, and oh, in his God. program. That was seven years ago now. But in his program, basically what they do is they have you, you get two master's degrees, right? You get an, a master's in sport and entertainment management um, with the entertainment as a focus as well, because sports is a form of entertainment, but it, yep. it kind of covers that as an umbrella. And then you get, you get an MBA with a concentration in sport business, right? So you take all the MBA classes that any other MBA student would take. Um, but with the Masters in Sport Management, they have something called a residency, where you basically they give you a trial run with a certain team, right? So you they've got they've got sponsors, partners that they call them, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, Feld Entertainment, you know, Bush Garden, you like all these different anything that's sport and entertainment in Tampa, they've got a residency for it. Right, even in the hospital too, because there's some kind of sport component to hospital systems. Um, but through that program, I did my residency with one of the professors, Dr. Harrell, and we kind of dabbled with all of it. So I dabbled with the Tampa Bay Lightning and their partnership activation roles, dabbled with the Bucks when it came to sales and community relations. And then, so for when you say what's my first team, I would say that. University of South Florida's program really was a team for me because that's where I started. And then because of Dr. Sutton's connection, I went over to the Miami Dolphins.
0: And what was your first role? Like your level entry role, you graduated with your, you know, MBAs or your two mm-hmm. masters. What, what was your first role mm-hmm. what was it like? And tell a day. My first,
1: yeah, my first role was in inside sales. So I, I started off in inside sales And I I was in there for a year, every day grinding it out, right? Like selling tickets for, I love the Dolphins, but it's hard to sell Dolphins tickets. Um, But I did really well Uh, just because I'm super competitive, but I'm also positive. And, you know, I think as a salesperson, you've got to be competitive, but also charismatic and be able to talk to people and relate to people. So I did really well in that Um, and got promoted out of inside sales after a year with three other peers. And went on, which are also now managers, which is funny, but um, went on to become a, a, a town executive in group sales, which is more focused on like churches and schools and selling to like the larger masses. Well, I, I put together like youth clinics and, you know, sell to a bunch of kids a flag football tournament. Um, I even did a fashion show at one point where basically what you do is, everything in sports is about ticket sales, everything, right? There's no sport team without fans. And so as a group sales rep, you're really finding unique ways. Like say, for example, Daniel, if you have a halftime show, right, you've seen like halftime shows on the court or on a football field where like cheerleaders will come and like little kids will come. So I would sell something like that. I'll sell halftime shows, right? Um, to like large groups and I did that for a year and a half and then I I transitioned over to become more of a business seller. I went to become an account executive in business development where I was selling more to businesses and full season tickets and club seats just so that I can have a full range and know how to sell
0: everything. And so is that what you manage now when you're talking about the Saints and the Pelicans?
1: Yeah mm-hmm. so I'm manager of inside sales so where I started, I now manage a team of my own, which is really, really rewarding because these are students, right? Who not students? They're now career professionals, yep. but they just got out of college, like a month ago, two months ago. So this so for a lot of them, this is their first time in a career.
0: If a student wants to, you know, work in inside sales, like how do they, you know, what is the best way to get their foot in the door? Like if somebody wanted to work for the Saints, not because they're fans, just because they you know. They just want to work in the industry, and they like sales. How do they stand out in front of somebody like you, as a decision maker and in building their team? And what are some of the qualities that they can start building now as students, so that they, when they hit start working, they hit the ground running? Mm-hmm.
1: In our industry, inside sales is extremely competitive. Like I get over a hundred resumes a day um, for like students just looking to be at inside sales to start because a lot of times you'll find that VPs and presidents of teams, they start off in inside sales. Like that's like the, like that's where you start off in sports is inside sales. You sell tickets, you understand what it's like to, you know, sell to a fan and then you go on to become VP and presidents. So there's a lot of demand for inside sales. And we in our industry have many different programs where you could go to a combine for a week, right. And learn the roles of ticket sales. we have one in Ohio, we have one in California, Um, we have one, I think we have different ones, I think in Philadelphia, we have one as well, MLS has some, right, so they have like academies where you can go and learn how to start off in inside sales and, and ticket sales, right, so if you can go to those academies, and it's almost like scouting, really, It's very, very similar to scouting. It's like you go to these combines, you get discovered by different people, like a manager of inside sales will be there, like somebody like me will be there. And we'll go through different role plays and scenarios and give you, you know, all kinds of different um, scripts and lines. And like the best that stand out are the ones that we typically ask to, to join the organization. Now, that's one way of doing it. Another way is just reaching out directly to the inside sales manager. But I can say that when you do that, I get a lot of people that reach out to me every day. And you've got to be professional. And you've got to have some kind of interest in sales. Not marketing, not community relations, not operations, but sales itself. That's really important.
0: Um, you have a team, right? And I'm I'm assuming it's mm-hmm. like everything else that you know. There's that 80-20 rule. You have 20% of your mm-hmm. your inside sales guys or girls. They make eighty mm-hmm. percent of the ticket. What do you think makes them so successful?
1: They're competitive. They they wanna they're they're passionate about ticket they're passionate about selling, they're passionate about making money. Like they see sports as great. It's nice that I'm working in sports, but I'm also selling and I wanna outshine my peers because in our industry, those who outshine it move up very quickly.
0: And what do you think it is like the biggest benefit? to working in sports that most people don't think about. And then the biggest, you know, con that not necessarily con, but the biggest like surprise that people get once they're in the industry, they're like, wow, I didn't think Mm. it was this way.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest pro is that people don't realize that you don't have to be an athlete to make a lot of money in sports. Like there are certain types of roles in sports that don't necessarily are they aren't known to make a lot. But when we talk about specifically sales in sports, like you can make just as much as a rookie right coming in and right like you can make a lot of money and I don't think a lot of people know that and and that's something I had no clue about until I, I got into it and then the thing that people don't realize that although sports is extremely fun I mean you're going to sporting events for a living like that's what you do and like you get to see all these live events and be there and work them. But you do work a lot of hours. Like it is a lot of hours that you're working. I mean, you're in the office. You know, if you want to be good at this, you got to commit your time. You know, you've also got to put in the work in order to get to the level where you're making a lot of money and, you know, you're really successful and you're able to keep moving up in the industry. But it's fun. It's just a lot of fun. That's the reason why people get in because it's fun. It's kind of glamorous to some degree because you're like, uh, sometimes you walk in and see Drew Brees or sometimes you walk in and you see like Dan Marino and you're just like, wow, that's cool. You know? So, There is some kind of like cool element to it as well, but it's a lot of a lot of hours.
0: Are you allowed to talk to the players? They
1: talk to you. You can't ignore them. But this is their safe place. You don't want to bother them. You don't want to go up to them and, you know, they're they're here to work too. So yeah, we're all working, but we're not supposed to be going up and you know taking pictures and chopping up with them. No, like I said, that's the difference between being a fan, right? Like, can if you're a fan, can we trust you if Dan Marino walks by?
0: you know the athletes have an off season do you as yeah. a rookie in the office in the back and is there an off season or is it full throttle mm-hmm. the whole year
1: yeah i would say like especially because i work for both teams the pelicans and the saints there's not really an off time no because during the off season like the players have we this is our time like we are grinding right now maybe our off season is when the season actually excuse me, it actually has started. I mean, even then when the season starts now, we are focus on things. When I was with the Dolphins, yeah, like during the, like when the season was over, that was kind of an off season for us, but still during the off season is your time to really like grind. So that way when the season comes around, like you've built your pipeline up and, and now you can really start making huge pops, right? So we don't really have an off-season, no. How
0: how does it work when you're working for two different professional teams in two different sports, right? Like you're working for the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. Tell me how that works. How are you able to work with both? And then how do you prioritize?
1: I would say this. With the Saints, there is a 150,000-person waiting list to get season tickets. So on the Saints side, all we're focused on is luxury suites. Suites and and luxury seating. Really just suites honestly. So that makes it e- easier for us because we're really just prospecting and trying to get people into suites. And these suites are upwards of $500,000, right? Right. So we're trying to find those people, right? On the Pelican side, it's full menu. So we can sell anything. So I would say most of our effort, it would say it's about 70% Pelicans and 30% Saints.
0: Is there NBA teams that have waiting lists like that? Or is that more NFL team? I
1: think that's more of an NFL thing. I don't, yeah, the, the, I think the Warriors have I'm waiting the-
0: I I've met with uh, somebody that was that was sharing with me that Orlando Magic's in the top 5 teams in ticket sales. But their, their mm-hmm. team's definitely not in the top 5 teams mm-hmm. in terms of performance, right?
1: How, how right, do yeah.
0: Be good at ticket sales and fill the arena, right? Yet mm-hmm. their team not be performing in the court. And how does you know?
1: Yeah.
0: As a salesperson do that?
1: Right. The Orlando Magic do a really, really good job when it comes to business intelligence and and understanding the market. They have a large, and I can't speak for them, right? I'm not part of the Magic organization whatsoever. So this is just me, you know, from what I've heard. Um, But I, I think I have somewhat of a a decent grasp on the fact that their a lot of their market is um, international, right? Like they have a lot of tourists. They have done a remarkable job in capturing that data and capturing that tourist market, right? And so they've, their group sales are great. Like they crush it when it comes to group sales. Um, They're known for that. Um, They crush it when it comes to business intelligence and knowing what the, the market, what, what type of events at games, would attract our market, so it's not necessary. They they've taken it out about you know wins and losses. They've taken that out, right? It's not about wins and losses anymore. It's about when you come to an Orlando Magic game, you are still going to have fun no matter what. This is the essence of coming to Disney and Universal. And you go to a Magic game, like that's just part of it. And so I think they've done a really good job at creating that message. And um, people, when they're from out of town, they're like, hey, we've got to see Disney. We've gotta go to universal and gotta go to a magic game and so that's helped out a lot
0: that's incredible and then f- for you you know when you know the decisions that are made in the off season for like say like the pelicans like you know with you know everything that's happening in the free agency how does that affect your team right like it, it can affect you positively or negatively and as a manager how do you you know figure that out right because your plan then constantly is changing based on the decisions that are made on top like above you
1: i would say so it's it's impacted us extremely positively, if that's even the way to say it. But it's been very positive. We've, uh, With the changes, everybody's extremely excited about the direction of this team. It's no longer just about Saints anymore in the city. It's about Saints and Pelicans, which is fantastic. So I would say if the one thing as a manager that I have to make sure of, and I've got to make sure that my staff knows that this is our time, and we've got to take advantage of it, right? Because this, I don't know how long this will last right? You've got to make sure that in everything that you're taking advantage, you're you're making the best out of your days. Um, this is a gift that we've gotten, and we're not going to, you know, just, you know, let that go, right? But at the same time, we also, I've got to make sure that I train them so when the times get, do, do get tough, if they do, again, that they know what to do.
0: Is there any question or topic that, you know, in terms of the topic of industry, sports industry and working in a male-dominant industry, anything that that you would like to say or cover that? Maybe I haven't asked.
1: Yeah, I would say um, when it comes to women in sport, um, I think that there's a lot of misconception about where they fit in. And I think there's been so much draw to, oh man, if you want to be in sports, you got to be a, a broadcaster or a journalist. And I'm here to say that like, that's not the only option when it comes to being extremely successful and becoming a VP and a president of a team. You don't have to necessarily be a journalist all the time, Right. You can start off in sales. You can start off in marketing. You can do so many different so many different things in sports other than a journalist and a pretty face on TV. Um, that sound that makes me sound bad, but it just seems that there's just a stigma out there. It's, oh, okay, so you, are you a cheerleader? Or oh, are you a broadcast? Or like, no, it's actually I, I work in the front office, right? So I would say that just women should understand that we are looking for strong leaders out there, and this is a great time to get into sports, right, because it's needed. Diversity isn't needed in sports on all fronts, and at this time, I think there's more of an openness to hiring those women, um, and, you know, those that are not just women of diverse backgrounds, right, in my inside sales team, it's those from de- many different walks of life, and I think that's a, how it should be. You know, I think that's how you can efficiently be more efficient is just, you know, having people who think differently. So I would encourage if you're a woman and you're looking to learn a little bit about sports, um, know that it's not going to be easy, but there is room for you, and we're looking for um, that kind of person that will come in and dominate. Uh, that's really important right now. So.
0: You know, thank you so much for sharing that. I think there's definitely a lot of women that I think that are just afraid to go into sports because they feel Mm -hmm. like it's just not a place that they can actually build a career. Um, But Mm -hmm. let me ask you a question. You know, I see that you've moved a lot throughout, you know, your time. Yeah. You you know, Tampa, Well, you were in South Florida and Tampa, then you went back to Miami, Mm -hmm. went to Atlanta shortly, and now you Mm -hmm. are in New Orleans, right? Do you yep. think it's necessary to have the flexibility to relocate in order to have a successful career in sports?
1: I think that it was necessary for me because it goes back to the women in sports thing. I, in order for me to move up, I had to move. I wasn't getting looked at, you know, and that that's the sad part is, yeah, maybe I think that's important for you to note that, yeah, you may have to move a couple of times right now. But hopefully, there's enough people that come in that start opening the doors to make it to where you don't have to move so much, right? Where you can you can go into an organization, they can see the potential in you and, and try to move you up. And I think that there's what we're looking for right now is, you know, women who can open those doors in the future and who are willing to do things like me moving all the time, just so I can get my chance, right? Um, I think that if there's enough of us women out there who are willing to do that, then we can make it a little bit easier for those who are trying to, to move up and, and stay in, in one spot. But I, I just want to say that with one caveat. I think, uh, Daniel, in, in professional life, I think for women in general, it, it's difficult um, because they've got to the, think about, okay, you've got family, you've got career. If you, if you want both, what do you do? right? And so it's, it's, it's difficult. It may take that you have to move or make some sacrifices. Maybe it's not moving, but it's sacrifices, right? Um, that work-life balance, which is a whole other discussion in itself. But yeah, I think in any sport, there's going to be sacrifices that you have to make, especially for women that, you know, if you're willing to do it, it will pay off in the end.
0: So what's next for you? Where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Hopefully, a VP of some sort in five years. Yeah, I, w- I would hope to be a VP at, at, a, at a team, um, helping young professionals develop their career. Like for me, success is helping other people move on up, people who are deserving of it, right? People who just want a chance and people who really have worked hard um, and show that they want this. I, I want to be there to help them. So for me, I'd like to be a v- VP for a team. Um, developing young talent and continuing to stay in sports
0: i love it you know this has been like such an insightful amazing conversation it's been it's been really great i want to really thank you so much and 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 for just being such a genuine and caring person i, I mean it's from the beginning from like from when we were friends in in high school and even love seeing you continue to grow in your career throughout the years it's it's amazing i, I even i remember when we ran into each other at the Pro Bowl in Orlando because you you were helping. Yeah. uh, And that was really awesome. That's right. Yeah.
1: That's great. That's right. That's right. We did. That was, oh my gosh, that was 2017 now. my gosh. Yeah. I remember that. So no, I want to say the same to you. I mean, what you're doing is amazing. I, I think that we have similar passions and just helping, you know, young students out of college develop a career. And that's, Extremely important, right? We don't have enough people that are are willing to guide, you know, guide them in the right direction. I didn't know what I was doing. And so what you're doing is awesome. And I'd say that if anybody's looking to develop their career in sports specifically, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, What Daniel's doing is great. I'm sure you have a a lot of students who come to you for, for guidance. And I'd like to open up my. Um, uh, you know myself to them as well if they need
0: anything so, so what is the best way for them to connect with you that so you open up the doors LinkedIn to the plug aids so yeah not, you gotta let
1: them know. I know I know LinkedIn go on LinkedIn find me on LinkedIn Felicia Douglas um, and I'll definitely connect with you mention Daniel's name so that way I kind of know where it's coming from and um, yeah absolutely I'd love to connect
0: Perfect. So this last question, I know, I know we are like on the time and the dot, but this is the last question. What is Mm -hmm. one thing you wish somebody listening to this episode would take away from our conversation? I
1: think the one thing that you need to take away is the reason why I'm successful in this is because I have a passion in sports. I don't know that you would be successful if you don't have a passion to do what you're doing, right? I have a passion because I want to help young people and I love sales. But whatever you do, have a passion for it. Don't just do it for like just because it looks good or, or, you know, it sounds cool. Like I'm sure, Daniel, what you do, you do because you have a passion for it. I think that's where you thrive, is finding that thing you have a passion for.
0: 100 million percent. Like, I I think is all when you were and i think you said it best on your linkedin when you're doing what you love you don't work a day in your life and um and i think it's it's so true so i'm so glad that you you covered that um because it's so important but just want to say thank you so much again this has been an amazing episode and for everybody listening catch you on the next If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I wanna take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career. Doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's gonna set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job, keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.